In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I am so excited for this show. An awesome guest on. So I'll just jump straight in. Trevor, uh, Sakima, Sakima. I'm not sure if that's quite the way from the Draft Network, Locked On Podcast, Pewter Report. He, he's everywhere and a, a fantastic follow on Twitter that is always guaranteed to laugh every single day. No, it's good to be with you guys, man. I know uh, we've interacted quite a bit on Twitter, so it's finally good to get on the show with y'all. Excellent. Yeah, Trevor, thanks a lot for uh, coming on the show. First question, have you ever been to London before? I have not. I've never I've never been to London before. Uh, the Bucks. The Bucks do play in London in 2019, so I'm really hoping to get over there and, and get to experience everything that's there, both with football and outside of football. But I have never been, so I, I hope I get to go in 2019. And if I'm over there, obviously, I'm hoping I see you guys when I'm over there too. Excellent. We like to tailgate very early for the big Wembley game, so uh, <laughs> uh, I hope you can start early. No, yeah, that's just uh, that's just like college football over here. So I know about all that culture. I'll be ready for it. I promise. Jaeger bombs at eight o'clock. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'll have to get. I'll have to condition myself. I'll have to do a couple of them over here first. But yeah, I'll be ready for it. No, fantastic. So it's another draft show today. We're on to the tight end room this year, which should be a really, really exciting position with so many amazing prospects. So I've got Trevor on to chat about them. So we'll start with the question of. Is there any tight ends going to be gone by the time we pick at 17? Ooh, see, that's a good question too, because this tight end class, I think is really, really good. Um, Not only good at the top, but they're good throughout the draft. But guys who might be gone, really the only guy who I think would probably be picked before 17 would be TJ Hawkinson, the tight end out of Iowa. Um, Even a guy like Noah Fant, who I also think is probably going to be a first round tight end, Maybe Irv Smith could be a first-round tight end, too. They're, they're not going to get picked until probably much later in the first round if they go in the first round at all because you're going to hear a lot, about, a lot of praise for this tight end class. And people got to remember that even a guy like O.J. Howard a couple of years ago was a really, really big tight end coming out. He was a, he was a consensus top-five player. Everybody loved O.J. Howard. He didn't even get picked until pick number 19. So, for, you know, if the Browns are looking to add a tight end to their team, they're probably going to be able to pick almost any of these guys. And so if there's any guy that's going to be gone, TJ Hawkinson would probably be like my bet for players that would be gone to the Browns before 17. But um, other than that, they might have the pick of the entire class if they're looking to take one in the first round. Okay. So with uh, TJ, what sort of – tight end is he so you've got like the Njoku's you've got sort of you're Evan Ingram right. who are basically just pumped up he's a pumped up slot receiver um what would you get from uh TJ see I think that with Hawkinson you're getting kind of the total package there uh this is a dude who can block his butt off I mean you could put him in line next to 
an offensive tackle and not be worried at all about him. Uh, he can take on defensive ends. He can even help with interior players. He's smart. He can get to the second level and block linebackers. And so in that sense, he could be a complete tight end because even though Noah Fant was more of the primary receiving tight end for Iowa, Hawkinson still got enough looks. They got him the ball. They had a lot of good targets for him. Uh, and he was able to make the most of it. They, you, they showed that he could be a big red zone threat with his size, and he could even do a lot of stuff after the catch too. Normally, normally when you get these tight ends that have the size to block, they're taking away some of their ability as a receiver, but that's kind of the rare thing about Hawkinson is that he is really, really good, and he gives you a lot of potential as both a blocker and a receiver. And so I truly think that he is a full-time tight end, whether you want him as a blocker or a receiver. He's a guy who – Man, even if, if you have a tight end on your team that you like, there's really only, shoot, three or four or five teams maybe in the entire NFL that wouldn't look at Hawkinson and think, yeah, he'd be an upgrade for us and we could really use him. Trevor, question for you. With David and Juku, did you rate him as highly as you do as Hawken? Uh, I would have – I would actually have TJ Hawkinson – higher than what I had Dave Njoku. I had Njoku as a first-round pick, though. So uh, I also have Hawkinson as a first-round pick. But I loved Njoku for what he could do once the ball got in his hand, how much of an athlete he was as a receiver. But I think Hawkinson gives you not only – you know, he's not – Hawkinson's not going to be as athletic as David Njoku. But he does plenty well as a receiver, plenty well as a red zone threat. And then what he does as a blocker is what would put him – ahead of a guy like Njoku to me. I just think that he could he could hold up better, he could play more in line, and you can use him in better spots like that. Yeah, I think if we could pair Njoku, Hawkinson, that, that's got to be up there competing with the Gronk, Hernandez, um, right. two-tight yeah. end set, and it, it would just be madness to watch it. I, I couldn't wait. Yeah, so, no, that would, be, that, would be, that would be an incredible combo if they could get those two together. So if we jump into the second round, what are some sort of names that are exciting you in there? So, you know, I don't think they're going to have their, their opportunity to get a guy like, say, like Irv Smith. I know that's kind of a, a pipe dream for some people to get Irv Smith in the second round. We'll have to see about that. But outside of Irv Smith, three names that I think that I really like in the second round, Isaac Nauta from Georgia, Jay Sternberger from Texas A&M, and Dawson Knox from Old Miss. If you can get yourself any of those three guys as tight ends in the second round, those are really good football players, I think. Now, most of them, most of those guys are more of receivers than they are blockers, but I would think that they could help almost any NFL team, especially for the Browns. I mean, if the Browns want to take any of those dudes, I would say that Jay Sternberger would probably be the guy that they wanted just because he does have a bigger frame. He could be a little bit more of a bigger body, and he could be a better complement to a guy like Njoku that they have. And so, you know, if you're looking for a tight end in the second round, I think if you're the Browns, you're starting with a guy like Jay Sternberger. Dawson Knox would probably be next after that. And then Isaac Nauta, probably my third. But really, if you end up with any of those guys, I think they could create a really nice two tight end set there in Cleveland. Fantastic. So third round next. Who's them names in the third round that uh, excite you? You know, it's going to be it, – it's always t tough predicting that. Obviously, you guys know that. Just because you don't know – you don't know how much this tight end class is going to catch fire. Like you're not sure exactly uh, how many tight ends are going to go right away um, or anything like that. But a couple of those names that I said could probably last to the third round, maybe fourth round, depending on how the NFL views them. But other guys, you know, Josh Oliver is a guy from San Jose state who 
he is he is more of like the Njoku type. So if you wanted to get like a second receiving option with Njoku, you could pair a guy like Josh Oliver like that. He's a big six foot five guy, huge, good athlete for a guy that's his size, and that's kind of the the game plan that Njoku boasts himself. But other guys, Foster Moreau from LSU is a guy who I think was kind of underutilized when he was there. Caleb Wilson showed some nice things from UCLA. And then Drax Raymond's a guy from Utah State who's really intriguing as well. So um, if I had to kind of group them, I would say those would be the guys up at the front in the first round that I've talked to, like Font, Hawkinson, and Irv Smith. And then Jay Sternberger, Nauta, and Knox kind of in that second round range. And then you get guys that I would prefer like Drax Raymond, Caleb Wilson, Josh Oliver, uh, and Foster Moreau in that third, fourth round kind of – range wherever the tight end class may land so that is some fantastic names i'm gonna go away and do a lot more work on them guys obviously continue listening to you guys on your podcast day three on obviously it's quite early you're gonna get some people move from day three that will end up in um, the third round and things are there any sort of late picks of tight ends that have got an issue somewhere that you've gone actually i really like this guy there's i mean there's a couple of names that you know anytime you're picking a guy day three you're going to be taking a risk on him or, or you might just be higher on him than other people. But you know, Kendall Blanton is a guy from Missouri who huge target. I think he's like six foot six or six foot seven, something like that. He's, he's just a big dude. And I got to see him down in St. Petersburg for the East West shrine week. And he was, you know, you could tell he, he doesn't move as well as the guys who are ranked above him, but that's why he's going to be picked in like day three as a potential day three guy. But, Truly, his size is uh, is a mismatch no matter what. And then I'm speaking of size. I mean, Donald Parham's a tight end out of Stetson who really raw on his skill set. But I think this guy is he's like six foot seven, six foot eight. And so anytime you have that kind of a frame, you'd uh, you're gonna give a guy a look. You're gonna see if he can play. And you know he was at the Senior Bowl, but not for very long. He got injured, I think, on the first day, so we didn't see a lot of him, which is really disappointing. But those are two guys who would probably be around that day three area, which, hey, if you still want to pick up a tight end, some guy who can help you out either in year one or year two, those would probably be two of the names that I, I guess I would bet on that, that might have uh, the most the, the most that could give an NFL team on day three. Excellent. That was awesome. Yeah, like Jack said, loads of names there that we can go away and do loads of research on. Uh, question for you, uh, Trevor, is who can you see the Browns taking uh, pick one and two? Ooh, okay. So who can I see the Browns taking? So they're, they're picking 17. And I think, you know, when I look at the Browns needs, I still think they'd probably need a cornerback opposite what Denzel Ward is, even though I did think the secondary played a little bit better than I thought last year. And then an interior defensive lineman is super interesting to me too at that area. So, um, you know, at 17, probably they're, they're probably shooting for like, if you want to go corner, Greedy Williams, if he falls that far, I'm not sure if he does, but getting to pair him and Denzel Ward would be a, a pretty nice cornerback duo there for the Browns. And then on the interior, I have no idea where Ed Oliver is going to end up at this point in this draft. We really got to see how much he comes up and weighs when he's at the combine, what his weight is like and how well he can move because you know he's listed right around 290 on Houston's website. But I've heard – you know, reports from other people who have said he, he played more around like 280 pounds, which is really light for an interior defensive player. And so he'll probably end up showing at the combine, I would assume between anywhere from 285 to 290. 
I still want to see how well he can move at that weight and if he could hold up at the next level. But shoot, I think the Browns would love to get a guy like that. Linebacker a little bit. I know they have uh, I know they have some some good linebackers, but they could probably use a little bit of help there. And then wide receivers another one. So I mean, I think you're picking either corner or defensive line there if you're the Browns in that first round. And then in the second round, maybe you look at one of those lesser needs that I kind of just named their wide receiver, say a guy like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, which I think as a big wide receiver would really complement what Cleveland's got going on with Jarvis in the middle, with Antonio Callaway stretching the field as a, as a deep threat, adding a guy like you know maybe Hakeem Butler or J.J. Arcega-Whiteside with a big frame as a wide receiver in the second round could really help. And then from linebacker, if a guy like, say, Devin Bush ends up falling to the mid-second rounds for Cleveland, I could see them taking a guy like that there too. So I think corner and interior defensive line will probably be their early picks, and then they'll probably, they could go a little bit to a different direction there with that second round. Question on uh, Ed Oliver, Trevor. How realistically could you see him drop? So, Whew, um, it, I think that Ed Oliver's range right now could go anywhere from shoot number five overall to like number 26 overall. I really do think that it's that wide because there are some teams that are going to look at Ed Oliver and look at his, his weight and his play style of what it was at Houston and think, man, it's going to be tough for that to translate the same way that it will in the NFL. He's going to need a big nose tackle next to him because if Ed Oliver is the key man in an interior defensive line that is not really that good around him and they can afford to double team Ed Oliver in the NFL, he's not going to do a lot. But if you have a strong nose tackle, a guy who can take up blocks who's right next to him and make sure that Ed Oliver always has a one-on-one assignment, isn't really getting double teamed that often, then you've got a player who could make a difference in the NFL, even at a lower weight, I think. So that kind of depends on team to team, but really, Shoot, Ed Oliver's stock right now I think is all over the place. He could go anywhere from that number five overall, perhaps even to Tampa Bay, to I think number 26 I think is the Colts, and that's that's about as far as he could possibly fall if you ask me. But, boy, he could go anywhere in that range. So one last question for me. Jeffrey Simmons is obviously dropping due to the injury. Right. Um, I'm sort of in a position where if I had to guess three teams that are going to take him, it's going to be the Raiders with one of their later picks, the Pats just because they go and do this weird stuff and then benefit why everyone else goes the other right, way. And right. the other one is John Dorsey could trade up. Um, he loves a bad boy. Um, I don't know his track record with drafting injured players, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, how far do you reckon he could fall that – how much? Because he's not going to make it all the way to uh, 49, I don't think. How much do you reckon we might have to trade up for him? Yeah, well, so I actually did an article on this over at the Draft Network, and I, I looked at guys like um, when Thurman Thomas was coming out at the early 90s, uh, or I believe it was the late 80s, he should have been a first-round pick, but he had an ACL injury, and he didn't get picked until the early second round. Uh, Jalen Smith, two years ago, obviously had his knee injury. He didn't get picked until the early second round. Sidney Jones uh, had his Achilles tear late in his draft process. He didn't get picked until, I believe, pick number 42 or something like that. And so history shows us that this, these injured players who get injured late in the draft process, even though they are talented, the NFL never likes to use first-round picks on them. 
but they will they are very willing to use early second round picks on him. And so I think that, you know, those three teams that you named there could be players in it. I think the Chiefs could also be players in it, perhaps if they traded back outside of the first round. The Cowboys could also be aggressive for a guy like Jeffrey Simmons. And so, honestly, if if the Browns want to get Simmons, I think you've got to get somewhere around pick number from 35 to 40. You've got to get within that range. That's where I think that Simmons is probably going to end up getting picked, whether by a team that's picking there right now or, like you guys said, a team trading up to go get him. I think that it's probably in that third pick number 35 to 40 range early in the second round. No worries. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm a massive fan of everything going on the Draft Network because it's made my life as a fan so much easier. I want to know about a player in the NFL. I just type his name into Google, followed by the words PFF. If I want to know about anyone in the draft, I just type their name into Google, followed by the words The Draft Network, and everything is at my fingertips. And there's two fantastic podcasts. You've obviously got the uh, Locked On NFL Draft, which is you and... um, John and then yeah. got the draft dudes who do awesome work as well. And then you get the occasional crossover show too. So plug yourself. Thank you for all your hard work. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the kind words there. I love that you guys are using our site. I mean, we, we built the site for, uh, for, for guys like you and plenty of other people to kind of learn about as many draft prospects as they can. Cause at the end of the day, man, we're all just draft nuts trying to figure out as much as we can about all of these guys. And so, I mean, you can follow me at Tampa Bay Trey on Twitter. Uh, the draft network is at draft network LLC. We have got a whole new site coming at the end of February with a mock draft machine that I think is going to blow you guys away and a big board machine. We're, we're going to give you guys all the tools to rank and create and, and do whatever you want with the NFL draft. And um, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited for it, but yeah, th- thank you guys for having me on. I really did enjoy it. Excellent. Thanks a lot, Trevor. We're actually going to host a huge draft night in London in April. And we made a new draft board. There you go. I love it guys. I love it guys. I love both. All right. Excellent. Thanks a lot, Trevor. Thanks guys.